This is Live at Five with Glenn Curry. <laughs> Army where you shoot them a mile away, you gotta get up close like this. Little bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. This will I ping. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! German? Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> Learn it, know it, live it. Are you running a business or a charity war? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Uh, Yankees win! Pull over! No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for Live at five, live at five, live at five. Live at five. Good, good, good. Hey, we're on Facebook Live. I just squeezed that in. I almost forgot to turn it on. It is on. We have an in-studio guest. Uh, it is a, uh, like I said last week, a very, very different and unique primary season this year. And we'll explain why. Uh, it's a Monday, beautiful weather out there, and we have an extra hour of daylight. Woo-ha! It's almost spring, folks. Uh, Mr. Perry Golden is in today, candidate uh, for sheriff. We haven't seen a big run for Sheriff since, I believe, 2014. Could be off on that year, but nonetheless, it's been a while. We'll be talking to Perry and taking your calls as well. Here on the uh, Monday edition of the Live at Five show. And this is how we do it, Perry. You, you've heard the show before. We literally test people as they are on the air. That's why I set the microphone up pretty close to where you should be. Say a couple words if you don't mind, sir. Thank you, Glenn, for yeah. having me. You're very, very welcome. Good levels. That's good. That's good to see. So, Perry, th this is what I've, uh, I, my experience working over the years in this little capacity here as a so-called host, as I've referred myself to, and in the, sa in the sales capacity, I've, I've spoken to a lot of people that get into the political realm. And the one thing that I have learned over the years is that the people that are definitely, are, I, I don't mean to use awkward, it's, not, it's a bad word, but are not accustomed to the political world are law enforcement people running for sheriff. And that's so typical because you guys are not politicians when you're, you know, when, you, when you're dealing with law enforcement, getting rid of the bad guys. But ultimately, when you run for sheriff, you have to get into the realm of politics. So, so that's the difference. So please be at ease as far as, far as uh, what, what this is all concerned. Because we know that when it comes down to it, Perry Golden, he is a law enforcement person first that wants to be Jefferson County Sheriff. And today we're going to learn exactly why you wouldn't want to be Jefferson County Sheriff. So, th first of all, thanks for being on the show. We had the opportunity to speak along with Kathy, who's with us with, with you today. And uh, it's, it's been a while since we've had a race for the Sheriff, uh, Perry. It's been at least eight years now, has it not? That is correct. And, uh, of course, Colleen has done a wonderful job. You've worked in law enforcement now, and I know a little bit about you now, 26 years. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, and uh, now, now uh, in the last 17, if you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, have you been working st specifically in the narcotics unit or the drug task force? I'm, I'm unfamiliar with exactly what the drug task force does, but I know you're part of that. Yes, I've been with the sheriff's office for 20 years. Yep. I'm still with the sheriff's office now, but I'm assigned to the drug task force here in Jefferson County, and I've been uh, fulfilling that capacity for the past 17 years. 17 years. I've got to ask you f flat out, have you seen a lot of changes in, 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 your, in your job in Jefferson County in that capacity for the last 17 years? Yes, uh, yeah, especially recently, but uh, the job is changing all the time, and the drug world is changing all the time. Right. 
right. Uh, has it gotten worse? Absolutely. And what? In what way? I mean, I mean, I know just just uh, doing a little case history here. There was uh, hallucinogenics in the '60s, well before our time, by the way. But when the '80s came around, it was crack cocaine. '90s, we still saw a lot of that. Meth came on the scene. I'm going to say in the last 10, 15 years, or am I off by that? Seems like meth labs weren't part of our vernacular back in the 20th century, the 90s. About about the 17 years ago, about the time that I was coming on, was when we started seeing a lot of them here. So for the first time, we were seeing people. Now, don't get me wrong; people manufactured drugs throughout generations, for that matter. But we started hearing, like I said, meth labs, and a lot of those were being raided, like maybe eight, 10, 12 years ago. Uh, we don't see that as much anymore. Is that a good sign that we're not seeing manufactured uh, meth labs as much as we used to? The only good thing about it is the old, uh, what I would refer to as clandestine meth labs, were extraordinarily dangerous. The process for making meth was incredibly dangerous. Mm-hmm. So you had the the added danger, not only were people using drugs, but they were making them and creating hazards for their neighbors right. and their family members. Sure. Um, we've seen that transition over the past decade and a half from these larger clandestine meth labs to smaller one-pot shake-and-bakes are the common street term mm-hmm. where people are cooking small amounts of meth in small uh, Doses. plastic bottles. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Unfortunately, that's transitioned again. Uh, the, two, three years ago, the drug cartels in Mexico started pushing uh, large quantities of crystal meth mm-hmm. uh, into the United States, and that has filtered up here. So we're seeing less meth labs, but mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot more high-grade meth. So that means it's already pre-manufactured. So Correct. they're not making it here. They're not stinking up the neighborhood. Correct. Which, to some degree, like you said, was very, very dangerous, but exposed them because you can almost smell them out, so to speak, uh, when they had those facilities. That is correct. And we still have it uh, uh, to some degree here, but there's no need to... Uh, cook it for most people because they can find it from their local drug dealer. You know, it's interesting that you said from the Mexican cartels, uh, because over the years we've always said, oh, it's coming up from New York, Philly, or Baltimore, and it still is, I'm assuming, maybe even Syracuse and Rochester, Utica for that matter, but it originates from another country in, mo- in, 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 in large amounts, Perry? For the most part, yes. Uh, the intel that I have been privy to, uh, most of this is smuggled in um, through Mexico. And like you said, it's gotten worse, but at the same time, you guys have done a tremendous job because every time I look at the police plot or something on either Channel 7 or something local where there's some type of big bust or drug bust made, uh, that's a good sign. But is it a, constant, is, is it a constant battle? Let me ask you this, Perry. Is it a losing battle? Uh, it's not just an issue that we have here in Jefferson County. It's an issue we have all around the country. Are we winning this? Correct. No, we're not. Um, it, it feels at the moment like we're backsliding to a certain degree. Um, we're seeing a, a larger variety of drugs on the street. The type of drugs that are out there are changing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not incarcerating people as much. There's a big push to, uh, at the state level to get people out of the jails and into parole right. situations. Right. Um, so that's not helping our cause. Bail reform has made it more difficult uh, mm-hmm. to incarcerate people as well. Yeah, and all those things, unfortunately, as sheriff, you wouldn't be able to control, but you could certainly be an advocate against because, you know, a lot of changes have been made in your time as in, in law enforcement. Just in the last couple of years under, under then-Governor Cuomo uh, for doing all these revolving door policies, you know, these people getting in and out of jail or no bail at all, crazy reasoning behind all that which has made uh, your job a lot more difficult. 
But here's the thing. You've been in law enforcement, like I said, 26 years, 17 of which in, in the drug task area. But you're not all just exclusive. I mean, to be a sheriff, you need to be well-rounded, obviously. And you know about the ins and outs of the sheriff's department. So one focus, obviously, would be to er eradicate as much or remove as many drugs off the street in Jefferson County. What else w or are you looking at as far as uh, what, what, what would you do as sheriff beyond the, the, the drug issue we have right now, Perry? Well, some of the other concerns that I have, um, I've looked at uh, our jail facility, which, uh, as far as I can tell, my knowledge, it's a very well-run facility. Mm -hmm. One of the concerns that I have, uh, just in casual conversation, is that we probably could use uh, more medical coverage within the jail. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, uh, we don't have around-the-clock uh, medical staff there. Uh, probably isn't money in the budget to do that, but mm -hmm. I would like to see if we can expand our medical coverage every time that. An inmate is sick or has a problem. We have to transport them to the hospital. Right. Um, the inmates are obviously going to play this up right. to get a, a day trip if they can. Right. Every time we have to take somebody to the hospital, it requires taking two guards to transport them and stand by while they're at the hospital. A lot of money and time to do that. A lot of money and time. Right. And it's a safety issue every time we take somebody out of the jail. So that must have been really difficult. How was it during COVID, if you don't mind me asking? What was COVID all about at the facility for the last two years? Well, as, as someone who doesn't work in the jail, um, I, I don't really know. There certainly were issues with trying to keep everybody safe. I know there was a lot of precautions taken when people were brought into the jail. Right. A, lot of, a lot of extra safety protocols. Um, people have to be uh, quarantined for a certain amount of time before they can go into general population. Sure. Uh, you know, to, to some degree, I think we're, we're trying to find alternative ways to, you know, to avoid bringing people into jail unless it was absolutely necessary. You know, it's amazing because when you when you think of the word quarantine, isn't that what incarceration is? I mean, it, to some degree, it, it seems like people that were incarcerated during COVID, it was actually probably, in many respects, a safer place. And yet around the country, we saw that they were letting a lot of guys, you know, maybe not the most, maybe not the worst criminals out of jail. I don't know if that was good policy. But obviously, you guys did a very good job here in the last two years. It, it's from my observation, it, it seemed like the jail staff and the sheriff did a great job. Uh, I didn't hear uh, any instances of COVID uh, for many, many months um, mm -hmm. after COVID was present. We, right, we right, didn't right. hear about it being present in the jail for a long time. So now that we have uh, World War III knocking at a door, we don't hear COVID at all. You notice that? <laughs> have you noticed? Uh, uh, Anthony who? Fouch? Fucci? <laughs> How do we say that guy's name again? I can't remember him. So just, if you're tuning in right now, it's the Monday edition of the Live at Five show with candidate for Jefferson County Sheriff uh, Perry Golden uh, from Cape Vincent. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, born and raised? Yes. As, yep. So you never left town? You never, you know, you weren't, oh, the, pro I, you weren't the prodigal son at some time and came back or something? I'm just kidding. I <laughs> had, had a chance to travel a little bit yeah. with, uh, in, my, in my former career, but I'm a lifelong resident of Jefferson County. Okay. Um, lived in uh, Cape Vincent with my wife, Kathy, and my two boys for the last 21 years. That's awesome. And uh, you love living up here. Absolutely. Yeah. Love Especially in Cape York. Vincent. That's a long trek going back and forth, but uh, it's it's worth it because uh, you're right on the river, right where the river meets eastern uh, Ontario. It's a beautiful, beautiful place for sure. So, all right. So, ultimately, at some time or another, i got to ask a very simple question. Why do you want to run? Why do you want to be Jefferson County Sheriff? Well, I've, I've uh, enjoyed serving uh, the public for as a cop for the last 26 years mm -hmm. and i believe with my skill set uh, again we talked about a well-rounded skill set and right. i have uh, many different job experiences that i draw from but i believe my skill set would uh, put me in a position where i can lead the, the sheriff's office as, as sheriff and, right. and serve the county at a higher level does it help that you're already in the sheriff's department 
Absolutely, I believe so. Yeah, and uh, we've talked before, and I think you you would you would say then now or any time that uh, the sheriff's department as it is right now is in very good shape. Yes, I believe it is, and that's good for you because you're part of that. Yes. So, so you want to continue that you know a, a sheriff's department at this point has gone essentially unscathed, and you know again the, the little things that uh, the previous. Uh, a sheriff had to deal with were, were not as big as people made them out to be, but some people make a m- mountain out of a molehill. And uh, at this point, there is no molehill coming out of Jefferson County. That's a good thing. Absolutely. That- and, and my number one priority, if I'm elected sheriff, is to continue to operate the, the sheriff's office in a professional manner and, and give uh, the citizens of this county uh, good value for their tax dollar. You mentioned it, though, in as far as uh, not getting the dollars that you need. Why uh, a facility, facility that has XYZ inmates at any given time, not to mention the staff, they don't have a, a, a round-the-clock uh, physician or, or nurse uh, uh, there at any given time, Perry, where you know, if there is someone that's sick, they have to be transported to the hospital? How would, how would you facilitate that if, if you could? Well, I, uh, I would have to... Uh examine the budget and do some research. The first thing I want to say is when I'm elected sheriff, I'm not looking to come in day one and make any wholesale changes. You know, I want to spend a couple months uh, really getting a feel for what, what's working and what maybe can be tweaked a little bit. Right. With that being said, uh, around the clock physicians would be, I would imagine, cost prohibitive for a department of our size. So I don't, you know, I'm not advocating that we need to do that. Right. What I am advocating, though, is it would be beneficial if we could extend the amount of coverage that we have, and that's what I'll seek to do. Sure, sure. And again, you just all within the you know the realms of whether or not it's doable, budgetary, and so forth. But you've seen, you know, like for instance, uh, 26 years is a long time. Was the facility itself where the sheriff's department is today? Where was it before? Where was the sheriff's department? I don't even. I don't even know that. I know it was. It's behind. It's behind, off Arsenal Street near Renzi's. But where right. was the facility before that? Uh, right at the uh, edge of the Core Street Bridge. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm forgetting that the, the, the that place is falling apart so bad. I can't imagine that really not that long ago it was a functional facility. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you worked there? No. No, I did not. No. The, uh, when I was hired in uh, January of 2002, mm-hmm. they were already in the new building. Oh, okay. Today. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, but you know what I'm saying because I actually did a couple of shots there for the Egan murders. And it just, it's such an old, old place. But for many years, obviously, it served its purpose and so forth. So uh, as far as the facility now, again, uh, is it big enough, large enough? Is it too big? Or you, you tell me, Perry. No, size-wise, it seems to be a good fit right now. Yeah. We, we had a situation a few years ago where the uh, inmate population was rising. We were housing out a large number of inmates. Right. Um, that has stabilized to a certain degree. Uh, who's to say what's going to happen over the next few years uh, with bail reform being what it is, uh, I, I think the short-term effect is is a smaller amount of people incarcerated. Right. My personal feeling is if we don't change things, we're going to see that system uh, change over sure. time. And, sure. and, and the, the population is bound to boomerang back at some point, I believe. Well, they always say that the pendulum always swings back harder the other way. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the case, but you know, for the most part, here's the thing. You know this. We're a Republican uh, area up here, although the, dem- the, the numbers have changed. But we're ro- operated by a very blue capital of, you know, of, of Albany, not to mention New York City's influence. So when you hear about these uh, uh, DAs allowing people getting out on, on serious cr- uh, cr- acts, acts of crime, 
uh, and this revol- revolving door that you and I have just been talking about. It must be very, very frustrating. But one day, I think when we get so fed up by this, it might take a, a couple of horrific events, maybe even murder or something or other, we'll have to turn it around. But it must be very frustrating to know that when you put someone, incarcerate someone or take someone in that just committed a serious crime and is a danger to society, uh, that, that you, know, you must be frustrated when you see them out and about again, Perry. It is frustrating because I want to keep my family safe. I want to keep the citizens of Jefferson County safe. Uh, when we arrest somebody, send them to jail, and, yeah. and they're out a few weeks later, um, it, it concerns me. Yeah. And also what we see is, uh, and, I'll, and I'll use the, the drug dealers maybe from out of town as an example. Sure. Uh, there used to be a certain amount of uh, fear when you came into Jefferson County. If you got caught, you right. were going to do a certain amount of time in jail. Right. Um, now people know that while they're out, uh, when they're arrested, they're most likely going to get released on their own recognizance. Sure, sure. So if, if you're a gang member from New York City and you're right. up here selling drugs, you don't risk as much. Right. Okay, if I get caught, I'll go back to New York City and then come look for them. Exactly, yeah, so. right, right. So it's worth the chance. It, yes, for, for many people it is. Yeah, yes. and many of them, they have nothing to lose. Uh, we talked about that the other day. A lot of people, don't, they don't have anything to lose. Right. I, I have my life in my mortgage, you know, everything. My life it would be destroyed if I just said, hey, I'm going to sell drugs today. A lot of these people, really, that doesn't really matter to them. You did mention a story uh, prior uh, that there was someone that was concerned that you were on the case. and said, no, it, can you share that with us, or is that... Uh, uh, it, I, I, can, I can share part of it. Sure, sure. Um, our task force... Uh, one of the reasons we're so effective is because we network with other agencies, we collaborate with other agencies, uh, uh, and in this particular case that you're referring to, yeah. uh, up in uh, one of the other counties, we work with their task force closely, and I got a call from their detective one day, and he was kind of chuckling, wanted me to know that he had just heard from uh, a suspect in one of their investigations, mm-hmm. uh, he overheard talking to uh, another suspect that... They didn't want to do business in Jefferson County because uh, something like Golden will get you. Golden uh, will get you. Was, was yeah. mentioned. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. So that must have made you feel like, wow, uh, so I got through to somebody. I mean, uh, he's a bad guy, it, but it was a deterrence in his head that you were on the case. Absolutely. Um, you know, success stories don't happen every day. Sure. But all of, all of us in law enforcement want to know that we're making an impact right. one way or another. Right. Um, and, and that day, I felt like I was making an impact. Right, you know, right. Sometimes uh, it, it doesn't happen often enough, but I get phone calls occasionally from people I've arrested or from recovered addicts who will call sure. me up and thank me right. for arresting them or helping them get turned around. And, and those really hit me hard. They I, must I, have. They must. You must have seen a lot of people in your time and so yep, forth. Absolutely. That's, uh, you know, it just reminds me of the show Kojak. You know, Kojak was always running to someone that he arrested 20 years earlier. Hey, yeah, I'm straight now, Cody. <laughs> yeah, sure you are. <laughs> but you, you've seen people turn their lives around. I have. Yeah. I have. Yeah, and at the end of the day, isn't that what it's all about? Absolutely. To protect and serve and put people back on the beaten path. I mean, you're not there just to throw them in jail and keep them in there. They've got to do their time. But uh, if, they, if they, as long as they didn't kill anyone, they can come out and you know, get their life together again. Absolutely. I'll shake anybody's hand that's turned their life around uh, gladly. And like you said a minute ago, it's not just about arresting people and locking them up. Right. I'm very proud of the time I've spent um, in schools and civic organizations, right. uh, doing educational programs, uh, right. trying to educate people about the danger of drugs and stimulate conversations between parents and kids and teachers. Right. So, what is the uh, what's the second biggest problem? I mean, you know, cr- drugs 
are in, in you might have mentioned this earlier are, are always uh, the the core of something if someone needs to steal a car or to rob a bank or a convenience store it's usually to get drugs so drugs is the root of the problem what is the other big problem facing jefferson county as far as the sheriff's department is concerned and i'm not talking about the infrastructure itself just what what are, what crimes are people committing that we should be worried about in jefferson county well i think you know probably the most prevalent crimes aren't necessarily the most serious crimes mm -hmm. you know we see on tv uh, all the smash and grabs in the big cities interesting uh you know we're not seeing that level of uh of coordination sure. and violence right but people have no idea how much merchandise is walking out of our local businesses every day right. and, and what impact that has on our economy. I'll walk into a Walmart, and I'm, I don't shop that often, but it's, it's, it, I, sometimes I'll see a state police officer out front or you know, a Watertown police, depending upon what part of, of the county it's in, or a sheriff's car, and someone with a hat is walking in the back room with somebody or other, and typically that's got to mean someone tried to steal something. Right, Perry? I would think so. Yeah. And that must take a good time. I mean, we have a lot of retail environments around here where things are being stolen. And like you said, the majority of them walk out without anyone knowing about it. We don't have concerted efforts where they, you know, dash and grab and so forth. But millions of dollars are lost in every given community. How do you keep up with that? And is that getting worse these days? And let me ask one other question. Are people stealing gas now at a higher level because of the high cost of gasoline these days? Well, I haven't heard that, but it would not surprise me if that's happening. Sure. Um, and, and certainly uh, merchandise is being stolen every day, but it seems to be getting more and more prevalent. Right. Because there's less risk of getting caught. Mm -hmm. If you're caught, there's less risk of doing time in jail. True, true. Um, we, we have to hold people accountable for their actions. Right. And that doesn't mean everybody has to go spend time in prison. Right. But we have to hold people accountable. That's something I believe in from a law enforcement perspective and also from a management perspective. Sure. Um, and until we start making people accountable on some level, right. you know, it'll be hard to, to get a handle on crime. That's right, because what I think you know, the level of what, what is considered a felon or uh, grand theft, they moved it up to a th if it's anything more than $800, or I forget the number. I don't think the number's changed. It's a thousand, if, you, if you steal more than $1,000 worth of property, You're in it's trouble. considered a felony. Well. <laughs> yeah, it's right. A, it's a felony. Right, 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 right. Which is bad. Yeah. But a lot of people look at it like, hey, I could steal, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, designer bags for less than that, and I don't feel bad about it because it's just going to be, I'm assuming, a misdemeanor or maybe a, yes. a slap on the hand. Yeah. That doesn't make your job. Again, I know I keep on coming back to this. This just doesn't. This implies applies to all law enforcement officers that have to spend a lot of time and paperwork for someone that just robbed something for you know a hundred or so dollars, which in itself is wrong. But it must be frustrating, needless to say. So here's another question. I know you want to be uh, sheriff of Jefferson County. Uh, are people finding, uh, is it tougher to recruit people to the Jefferson County Sheriff's Department? Or for that matter, to law enforcement in general these days? I would say nationwide that, that is absolutely a trend. Um, it is, it's, it's not the uh, romantic, uh, idyllic job that yeah, it used to that be. That you wanted to be when you were, this, when you were a little kid. C correct. However, I, I feel fortunate to work uh, in the part of the country that I do. Mm -hmm. um, Northern New York is still, uh, there's still, uh, I think, a healthy respect for law enforcement. There is. Um, I've enjoyed my career thoroughly, and, and that's why I want to continue it. Yeah. But it is harder, it is getting harder to recruit people. People are looking at police jobs in general saying, you know, I'm not sure I want to do that for right, 20, right. 25, 30 years. Right, right, right. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's harder to keep people in that job, at right. least here locally. I, I see a number of people that, you know, will come, 
uh, may, they may work for a few years and they may want to transition into something else. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that is something I certainly would like to explore as sheriff is, is find a way to enhance our recruitment and retention rates. Retention rate, because I always had the notion that if you're a police officer, you're a police officer for life. You might move from department to, to department, but people are becoming police officers and leaving at an early age, Perry? Well, that happens uh, sometimes, or corrections officers, right, like right. in the jail, sure. um, or they may transition to another department uh, right. where uh, the pay is higher sure. or the retirement benefits are a little bit better. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, uh, believe it or not, it's 530. I, I just realized i got to do a break, but uh, what we'll do is we're going to do a commercial break right now. We're talking to uh, Perry Golden, candidate for uh, uh, Republican candidate, for, uh, one of three, running for the big primary. We'll get into that, the date itself, and why the primary is so important this year, Perry. But we're going to do a commercial break right now. You're listening to the Live at Five show here on AM 1240. We'll be back with this and your phone calls after this. Hey, it's your fave, Leela Fave from FX Caprera Honda. Looks like the weather's finally starting to break and the sun's about to shine. We've all waited long enough to get a few bucks back from the government. How about this when everyone else is telling you to put all your tax money Right. Chris Jacobs, a conservative fighter, the kind of leader we need in Congress. I'm Chris Jacobs and I approve this message. Paid for by Jacobs for Congress. Right, we're back here at the Live at Five show. Perry Golden here, candidate for sheriff. And uh, what I said, uh, first of all, you got a big event coming up on the 18th of March. You want to share that with us? Yes, thank you, Glenn. Yeah. Um, uh, we're hosting a meet and greet uh, fundraiser at the Fackney Drive Conference Center. That used to be the Bruce Wright Center. Right, I Bruce believe. Wright. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll be doing that this Friday from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, it's a good chance to come out and meet me, ask me any questions you have. Right. Um, I'd like to meet as, as much of the public as I, as I can. So mm -hmm. uh, please come down and say hi. Uh, have a bite to eat with us. We're going to have some more d'oeuvres out. We're going to have some prizes that we'll be auctioning off. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like, like I said, like a chance to meet as much of the public as I can. That's the building uh, behind uh, Cracker Barrel. I mean, that's, is that the best way to describe it? It's, it's right off 81, but it's a difficult place to get to. So yeah, it's, all, it's, it's the building's located... Uh, almost directly behind Home Depot. Right, right. But to get to it, you got to drive down Gaffney Drive right. and then turn on to Fact, Fackney. Where, where, well, where JRC Arc is. Correct. And make the right, yeah. that, and it, and it's a big place, but some people have that, so I wanted to make that clear. And that, what time on the 18th of March? That's coming up uh, this Friday. 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. So it's like a, a mixer. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and it's not going to cost anybody anything. Obviously, I'm trying to raise money for my campaign. Right. But uh, I'm not going to put the bite on you. If you want to come in and just say hi and ask me a couple of questions, I'll be glad to meet you. That's awesome, and that's a good time of day. Uh, someone anonymously just said, I caught part of the show. Can you please ask Perry uh, what his administrative experience is, please, and thank you? I don't, I don't even know how to answer that. No, that's okay. Yeah. I, I appreciate the question. Yeah. Um, first off, uh, as we talked about earlier, I have an extensive knowledge of the sheriff's office because I've been there for over 20 years now. During my time with the sheriff's office, I also spent 10 years as an elected union official, and in that capacity, I was involved in contract negotiations, uh, disciplinary hearings, uh, and things of that nature. So I have a good understanding and, and ability to work with the current administration, and I have an understanding of how, what the administration looks at right. when they're trying to resolve these issues. Prior to my work in law enforcement, I also spent 10 years in a manufacturing sales environment for a private company. Uh, during that time, I was involved in almost all the phases uh, at one time or another of their operations. So, uh, you know, I didn't have a large number of people working under me, right. but I have uh, some good administrative skills that I've developed along the way. Yeah, that's important. 
That's, yep, uh, that's absolutely. Uh, and not to mention, you know, I hate to refer to you as an insider, but at the end of the day, you are an insider. You're you're part of a of, of of an organization that you want to represent, but you've been part of that for for a very long time. So you see the ins and outs of everything on a day to day basis. You have a wish list that you would hope that either the county or the state of New York could provide for you. You can't always get what you get and want in life, unfortunately. But you know where the needs are. But again, at the end of the day, and I'm basing this on what you're saying and what I've observed as a citizen of Jefferson County, not to mention the media dude here, uh, that the, the sheriff's, de- sheriff's department is well run under Colleen these days, and has been. It is, and I'm, I'm proud to work for the agency, proud to work for, for Sheriff O'Neill, and uh, it's, it's just my, my hope that I can continue on and, and run it as well as, as she has, and hopefully make a few improvements along the way. i got to ask you, uh, adjacent county, uh, uh, Lewis County, Carpinelli, interesting guy, running for governor. Uh, an outsider. I mean, because I believe he had a camp here. That's how he got a, a, acclimated with Lewis County. He had property here. But essentially, he was a law enforcement officer, I believe, in Rochester. Uh, what, what do you think about him running for governor? I, I think it's great. Um, I, I like his value system. He, he's certainly very outspoken. Yeah, he is. Uh, but, I, but I agree with his value system. And whether he's elected or not, I think he brings some good issues to the table that, that get discussed. And, and that's good for everybody. And, and, again, it's so ironic because typically I can't remember the, the sheriff before him. But Lewis County is under the radar. You know? So when you have someone who's the sheriff and, ru- and running for governor of the state of New York, you would never imagine something like that would come out of Lewis County. But he definitely has that personality to do something like that. Absolutely. And I, and I would imagine in the long run, that's probably good for Lewis County it because is. it gives them a little more notoriety. It does. It really does. 755-1240. Now, we know we had one question uh, texted to me from somebody, uh, and uh, uh, Perry uh, answered that. So if you want to call in, by all means, we're ready for you. You know the number. Put the 315 in front of it, 755-1240. So w- this is what I have in front of me. I have your uh, website. And by the way, that's perrygoldenforsheriff.com. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, dedicated professional, 26 years, proud member of the Jefferson Sheriff's Office for the past 20. So, yes, I can't believe that facility is, is 20 years old already. Well, it's more than that. I don't know. Uh, I, I can't believe it's there that long. No, it doesn't yes, matter. I, it just seems like I remember when it was built. Time is flying. Yep. 17 years of narcotic investigation uh, with the Metro Jeff uh, Jug Task Force. Does that mean that you work in conjunction with the Watertown Police when in your capacity? You must you must cross paths with with the police and other agencies in your job. Oh, right? a- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the the Drug Task Force itself operates under the auspices of the District Attorney's Office, and we are made up of officers from the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office and the Watertown City Police. Right. So yes, uh, where the office that I work out of. We work side-by-side, side, right. and we work and coordinate with other agencies as well. Right. Uh, we, we work frequently with uh, Homeland Security, Border Patrol, State Police. Right. And, and those relationships that I've built over the past 17 years, I believe, will serve me well as Sheriff of Jefferson County. No doubt. Just a, a curious question about, la- was it last week, some guy commandeered a, a, a truck with, a, with a, a snowmobile attached to it on a trailer. And he, he was up in St. Lawrence County. I think it might have started here. I can't remember. But is something like that, is that an all-points bulletin when, when they say, hey, there's a maniac on the loose on Route 12 with, with a snowmobile sled? It, 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 does, that, does that happen? It, it, it does. Not only will information be put out through computers and, and uh, radios and, and other media to all law enforcement officers, um, we also, uh, again, because of our relationship with these agencies, members yeah. of the task force will oftentimes reach out to other agencies and help them right. with their issues. Right. They'll, they'll call us um, and, and help help us uh, or seek our help for cases they're working now 
knowing that and knowing there's, you know, there's traffic, you know, when you talk about drug trafficking, typically we say, oh, it's coming up from the south. And where's the south? Well, you got New York, you got Syracuse, right, whatever. You might even refer to it as, as Rochester, but it's coming from outside the county. What about, what about the, the issue of drug trafficking from Canada? And more particularly, and I hate to say this, but it's the truth, that we've heard stories over the years of drugs coming from the, from the uh, Indian Reservation. I, is that a problem in northern New York? It, it is. Uh, the, uh, what we used to see typically was most of the narcotic drugs would come up from the south. Right. Um, things like marijuana, ecstasy might come down from Canada. Hmm. That has changed a little bit in that, uh, from what I've read through intelligence bulletins and what I've uh, seen in my own investigations, there's a certain amount of narcotic activity that gets funneled through Canada first as a way to uh, uh, expand uh, their trade routes right. so there's less less apt to get caught. I mean, the drug dealers, they all the big drug dealers know there's a certain amount that's going to get picked up by the police. Right. So they do everything they can. Uh, to to make alternative routes and, and try to expand the, the roads that they're covering, so sure. they can make sure they get the most of it through. Right, right, and they and they'll know that there will be some lost leader, like someone's going to get caught somewhere on Route 11 from you or somebody, but they're going to have enough outlets to to, to back up on. Uh, th- are these guys just are, are they should they be channeling their their ability to do other things in life? Because it seems like they're pretty good at this. I have met some incredibly intelligent people. Uh, that are drug dealers. Right. And they, they certainly could make an honest living. Right. But there is so much money um, in the illegal drug trade that I, I think some of them probably find it hard to walk away from. Right. Some of them are brought up uh, as, as young children in that lifestyle. And, right. and to them, it's normal. Right. Um, and, and, you know, when we talk about it coming up from the South, yeah. um, one case that, that we worked on that, that probably a lot of people may have heard on uh, was Operation Heat Wave. Uh-huh. That, was, yeah. that was a two-year investigation that I had the privilege of leading. Right. Um, it involved uh, a, a dozen different agencies. That was down here and St. Lawrence, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah, it was the, the, the investigation was handled from here, but we had assistance from St. Lawrence County. We gotcha. had assistance from a lot of different agencies. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when we finally uh, took the case down, we indicted over 50 individuals. Wow. And those people, there were local drug dealers from our area. Um, there were much larger drug dealers from New York City, right. Philadelphia, right. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, even as far away as Puerto Rico. Wow. So, um, you know, we, we have this stuff coming in from all different directions. So when things are coming in, they need a willing participant. They need someone here. And we've often seen cases with, uh, with you know, when it comes to something that happened here locally, uh, where there was a young lady in her 20s and she so allowed strangers from Philadelphia, the New York area, Brooklyn, to come up here. Often we'll see the police plotter. It's someone who lives here, who was born here, might have went to Watertown High or Brownville and whatnot, and just you know, invited these crazy people from outside the area to sell drugs in the area. Why does that happen? Well, it's not usually as simple as, in, as inviting them in. Um, it may be a case where uh, you've started using drugs, you've developed a habit, you're right. now an addict, you can't afford your habit. Right. So you're either going to have to steal some way to come up with the money, or you may uh, allow a drug dealer to come into your house mm-hmm. and, and sell in exchange for drugs. Or a drug dealer may take advantage of you. Uh, gives you more than you can afford, right. keeps feeding you when you're so far in debt. Right. Now they can take advantage of you and right. they can basically do what they want with your property. Is that typically the pattern, Perry? That it, It's one of many typical patterns, yes. Right. So it, there's really no innocence in this. And it's not like someone just like innocently got involved and didn't know what they were getting themselves into. They're either users or part of the problem. 
I, I would say that's true, and you know everybody has some level of culpability. But I have seen some sad situations where uh, maybe somebody. Uh, I saw a high school kid once who, by all accounts, was a good athlete. Right. Um, right. He had an injury. Um, he was put on some pills. And he got addicted to the pills, and he eventually transitioned to harder drugs and, and became an addict. That's a story I've seen right. several times. And, sure. I, and I'm not saying that you know, it's a one-size-fits-all, but there's a lot of different ways people get involved. Yeah. Some of these drugs are so addictive, and, and people just don't realize it. I mean, I'm older now. When I was in high school... Like all the guys, I thought I was bulletproof. I can do anything once. Sure. You know, thank God I didn't get involved in drugs. Right, right. Um, but we have, you know, you go out today now, somebody may hand you something at a party, you may think you know what it is. Right, you have no clue. You have no clue. Right. If it has heroin or fentanyl in it, you can be addicted sure. instantly. Right, right, um, right. So, so you really need to beware and be careful. Um, you, you just can't take something without knowing what it is. Yeah, and, and the other day there was a horrible story here. I won't get into the details, but it, it gets down to where the fentanyl is so dangerous that even when you do perform mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, oh. that happened again with, with uh, there was a couple of cadets from West, uh, yes. West Point. And uh, six of them OD'd. I, I don't know the status. One was, uh, was hit or miss, but one of them tried to resuscitate the other. And I may may not even you know gotten any fentanyl from from snorting as I guess they were doing something or other, but from the result of trying to resuscitate someone else, that's when they collapse and OD. That's how powerful fentanyl is. It, it is. That's that's no joke. We've we've had uh, a couple of incidents closer to home. Right here, where we're simply just touching an object that somebody else that may have had fentanyl on their fingers may have touched it. Um, they were contaminated. Now, thankfully, nobody was hurt. Right. Uh, but we have had. Um, a few close calls and uh, people need to, to realize you don't know what fentanyl is in when people hear the term fentanyl they right. may they may think okay that's what they mix with heroin right well they're mixing it with everything now right if i'm a drug dealer and i'm selling cocaine right. i may throw a little uh, fentanyl in it to get you hooked so that's the reason it's like putting nicotine in cigarettes because yep. you're more than likely you're going to come back and get more absolutely but yeah. at the same time, it's killing a lot of their own customers, too. Do, do the drug dealers know this? I, I believe they do, and, and, <laughs> and I don't believe they Not to put, make light of it, but it, no, 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 it no, does but kill. It, it, it's a good point, though. And you would think uh, a, a drug dealer who had just sold somebody uh, something and they overdosed and died, that, right. that maybe their friends would come after them. Right, right. They come after them to get that drug. And when somebody overdoses, they're like, okay, that's the good stuff. Yeah. That's what I want. And, and they'll go looking for it. It's, that's a, it's, just it's crazy. It is. Yeah. How high do you want to get? I mean, that's, that's the question I have to ask. What about drinking beer? What happened to that? Uh, hi, you're on the air. Do you have a question for Perry? Perry, please put on your headset. Sorry about that. Yeah, Perry? Yes. Yeah, Dick Gladle, Kate Vincent, New York. You must know Richard Gladle? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay, uh, I wanted to know what you thought about the bail reform and what we're going to do about it because I'm not a big fan of it. Well, I can tell you I'm not a big fan of it, and uh, my brothers and sisters in law enforcement are not a big fan of it. Right. Uh, what my hope is, uh, you know, as I follow the news, uh, it seems like even many of the Democrats now realize that there's some, some more reform needed and we need to, to go at least in the direction of where we were. I don't think anybody wants to go back where we were, uh, but we'll, we'll take what we can get. So. Right. Yeah, you know, they're closing out of prison, so. Uh, well, we know that. They're putting a parking lot where the prison used to stand. <laughs> and I think I... I you know, I, I'd like to say I hope I'm wrong, but I think three, four, five years from now we're going to find out that this may have been a mistake. Oh uh, my God! Know, we're going to we're going to need those beds back. Right, right. Hopefully they won't uh, turn it into like a big uh, flea market. Like it's, <laughs> I, I, I just can imagine what they're going to do with all these facilities, two of which they just shut down up there in Ogdensburg. Rich, how's everything else? 
Um, still going. Got to go back to the eye doctor on the 24th, so we'll yeah. see what happens. Well, good luck with that, my friend. And thanks for the call. Yep, thanks. That's, uh, Rich Glade, also one of your neighbors up there from Cape Vincent. Hi, you're on the air. Do you have a question for Perry? Uh, yes, I, I did. I was wondering, given the fact with all the illegal immigration and, you know, how they say every every state is a border state now, I was wondering about um, his experience with uh, increased human trafficking, and I will take my answer off the air. Great. Appreciate it. Human trafficking. Do we have that problem up here? We don't have that problem up here, do we? I, yes, we do. Um, all I can say is I haven't had a lot of involvement with it, uh, but we do work closely with Border Patrol, so right. um, you know, we, dis- we discuss things. Um, it, it is a growing problem, absolutely. I, I do know that uh, there's been a lot of uh, instances uh, that I've heard of where people, say, from China or Vietnam will, will try to get in by way of Canada and smuggle uh, and get a smuggle over that. Has that been an issue? or it, it hasn't been as big an issue lately, I don't think, because of how open the borders are in the south. Right. I would imagine that most people, if they can, they're going to try to They're just going to gonna go down way. there. Yeah. I've talked to a couple of people anecdotally who tell me they have... Uh, trouble getting back and forth across the border up here because it's regulated right. pretty well. Let me ask you, you are on the Republican ticket, and I, this has nothing to do with the, whether or not you have an allegiance towards anyone, in particular to, to Donald Trump. This is just an open question. Uh, would America be safer if Donald Trump were president right now, in your opinion? Based on the policies that were in place before, you know, again, nothing to do with his personality, right. but I think his policies kept his country safer. Right, I believe right. that. And, and bear in mind, he doesn't have control of a, well, like what uh, a, 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 an attorney general or a district attorney does in any given city or state. But overall, nationwide policy, uh, particularly like you brought up the, the border on many occasions, an open border doesn't make your job any easier. No, absolutely doesn't. Yeah, no. and that means that they're they're bringing in more stuff, more illicit drugs, uh, more stuff laced with fentanyl, apparently from China. I don't know if there's proof of that, but uh, if if anyone wanted to destroy Rome, uh, all they had to do is just send a lot of people, a lot of you know, a lot of elements that would destroy them. And of course, I'm making the comparison to us. And it seems like there's a lot of outside entities that are that are quite easily destroying us right now. Uh, with with uh, with illicit drugs, so the open border down down south of here is not helping things by any means. It's not helping your job, and we're what, two thousand miles away from the border, and yet you still see the effects Absol- of an open border Abs- up here. Absolutely, we do, and uh, you know when you talk about statistics. Um, again, as someone who has an educational program that he puts on, right. um, I update uh, my slides periodically, and, and a sad statistic is. Um, I've been watching the number of fatal overdoses in our country rise every year, you know, for the past uh, eight, nine years, as long as I've been doing this program. Last year was the first year we hit 100,000. Wow. And and that number's lost with all the other stuff going on in the media. Uh, You know, you just just hit hit something with me because Pivot, P-I-V-I-O-T, what is her name? I'm forgetting her name. Anita. Anita. Anita Brown. Uh, she's done great stuff along with uh, uh, Steve Jennings. Absolutely. So yeah. when you go, you you go to those meetings. Before COVID, when I was going attending those meetings, essentially every month, every other month, uh, things were looking pretty good. Uh, uh, OD levels were low, um, but boy, COVID really put put that in a completely different path, did it not, Perry? It, it, it seems to have, yes. Yeah, uh, but are we getting better now that things? Are, I mean, here's the one startling statistic: is that PPE money and and land or uh, rent money. 
uh, uh, living free for upwards of two years. Seems like that's coming to an end. I'm seeing people literally being pushed out. Whenever you see like uh, stuff in front of a home, it means there's been an eviction. Um, have you seen that uh, an uptick in crime in the last couple of months just as a result of what's going on? Is people aren't getting the money from the government anymore, and they're getting kicked out of their apartments. Has that been an, a, an issue with, with, with safety around here? I would have to say not that I've noticed. It seems to me, um, from, from my perspective and in, in, in my job, uh, the, the drug and the crimes that go with drugs seems to be fairly steady. I right. mean, I would have to you know, really dig into the numbers. I, I don't notice a trend, I guess. Good. That, well, that's good. But it, the warm weather is yet to come, so who knows? Uh, the, the gravy train is run out. And I don't want to see anybody put on the street, by the way. And I don't mean to speak in those terms, but you can you can do so much to someone. Eventually, they have to walk on their own. So hopefully, they can do that without without some serious issues. All right, let's do this. Let's do our last break of the show. We're talking to uh, a sheriff candidate, uh, Perry Golden. Kathy, do you want to say anything? I'm sorry, you've been sitting there. Do you want to say anything? You sure? No, now she's shy. She believe me. She talks like you wouldn't believe. Just kidding. Uh, a lot, but that's understand. Perry's doing a great job, and we're going to be going into our last break. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away. Who calls you back when you really need a roof or roof repair? Herringes Contracting. If the rain has done damage to your roof recently, give Herringes a call now at 315-782-9129. Wet rooftop. App is ready, Emperor. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 plus. And we're back. Perry Golden with us today. Uh, okay, so th- just, uh, just to let everyone know that, uh, yes, we have elections every year. But this year, and correct me if I'm wrong, Perry, and this is the same thing with the assembly. By the way, as a footnote, uh, a programming note, I should say footnote. Listen to me. Uh, Scott Gray is coming in tomorrow. Uh, we had uh, his opponent also on the Republican side, uh, Susan Duffy, last week. Scott Gray is coming in tomorrow, also Republican. Here's where I'm getting at, Perry. There's three people right now that want to be Jefferson County Sheriff. Everyone's looking for signatures. I know you're, you're close to that. Uh, it's, it's a thousand signatures. They tell you to do it in the snow and ice in March. That's great. Thank you, New York State, for doing that. Uh, and so that's a big part of this, and you're getting there, and I know you will. Uh, but that said, uh, the primary is the general election. Do you see it that way? It could very well be. I mean, you know, nothing's written in stone, but we don't see any other candidates out there. It does look like the primary may very well decide who the next sheriff of Jefferson County is. Yeah. So it's the, it's brother, brother, brother. I mean, you're both, you know, this is a partisan race. You're both, you're, all three of you are Republican candidates right now. Uh, and I, I believe all three, without even knowing this, none of you have any political experience, but that's typically the case of someone in law enforcement that's looking for a role, in this case, as, as an elected official, as a sheriff. Uh, so it's a learning curve for you. So have you, what have you learned throughout all this? Well, I've learned that I don't know much about politics. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's, and that's okay. I, and I don't want to be a politician. But, but yeah, I, I, speaking for myself and, and, and probably my opponents as well, we're, yeah. we're all novices at this, and we're trying to feel our way through the process. Right. And, and it's, uh, it is different. You know, we're, we're used to doing our, our cop work. And, uh, you know, if you want to do it at a higher level, you know, you have to run for, you have to run for office. Right. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because when you think about it, you know, the sheriff is really the, the only police position where the public has a say right. in, in who's running your sheriff's right, office. Right. You know, you, right. you, don't, you don't elect chiefs of police, but you no. do elect a sheriff. 
Right. So if you're not happy with the job that's being done, you can you know you can vote them out and get a new sheriff. That's right. That's so right. So it gives the public a lot of say in that police department. It does. It does. And we've seen high-profile cases where, uh, like the the I think his last name was Israel. Uh, he was the sheriff, and he was a real. I didn't like him. He was the guy in the the high school that got assaulted about four years ago in Florida, and he was cavalier about the whole thing. He threw the security guard uh, that was supposed to take out his gun that day and take care of business under the bus, and then he took on this whole stance against guns and whatnot. He got he got he got thrown out of there. So high profile cases will do that, and rightfully so in his case. Uh, you mentioned earlier education. Schools will come to you and say, hey, can you speak to our student body? I, I say, I'm, I'm going to ask third, fourth, fifth grade, middle school, high school. You do that. Can you explain that? Yeah. I mean, we're, the, the, kind of the genesis of that was uh, several years ago, uh, I was a uh, certified instructor in the police academy. Mm -hmm. Because of my experience, I trained other law enforcement officers on drug identification, safe handling, things like that. Um, in discussions with uh, the district attorney, you know, we, we talked about modifying the program and getting it out into the public, and uh, uh, DA Mills thought that was a good idea, and, and so we developed a, a little program, a PowerPoint, if you will, that uh, is a platform for me to go out and talk to different groups. Um, during the last uh, seven, eight years, I, I've been in almost every school uh, at least once to, to speak to a part of their uh, a part of their student body. Sure. Some schools will do it at night, have the parents come in, uh, which I'm a big fan of that. Right. Um, I've had parents tell me that it, it's a great uh, starting point for, right. for them to have a conversation with their kids. Sure. I've met with civic organizations uh, in, as, as well. Just, you know, and the goal of this is just to, is not just to, to educate people about the dangers of drugs, but but we need to open their eyes uh, to, to the signals to the to the signals of drugs, right. um, what options they have, you know, to try to help somebody that's in trouble, right. and try to get rid of the stigma of, right. of drug addicts. When we started doing this program, nobody wanted to talk about you know a drug addict in their family. They sure. always thought it was you know people on the other side of the tracks. Right. This hits everybody from all walks of life. It does. It does. And, and you know, someone living on the south side of, of Watertown, living in a very good environment all their lives. Um, you know, uh, that, that could, it, it, at any given time, they can go off the deep end, and, uh, and it, it could affect their lives. There's no doubt about it. The 18th of March at the facility not too far from here, FX Capera. What's the name of it again? Fackney Drive Conference Center. Right, right. And that's this uh, Friday at uh, 4 o'clock? 4 o'clock till 8 o'clock. To meet, uh, meet the candidate himself. That's Perry Golden. And also online at perrygoldenforsheriff.com. Also use that other than the dot-com. Also, when you're on Facebook, look for Perry Golden for Sheriff on Facebook as well. I want to thank you and Kathy for coming in. Any last final comments in about five seconds? Thanks for having me, Glenn, and uh, please vote on June 28th. June 28th is Election Day. Essentially, as it stands now, primaries are big this year. AM 1240, WE10 Watertown. Up next, CBS News. You have a great week uh, tonight. I'll see you tomorrow. This is CBS News on the Hour.